Hello to all you amazing listeners out there. It's me, Steel Philippek, here with another episode of Building a Better Story World, the podcast that helps you understand and create narrative universes. This time around, we're culminating our arc of interactive content. We've done agents, desires, obstacles, and user choices. Now comes time for the element that binds them all together, the reward. It's similar to, but distinct from, a resolution, which culminates the five-part structure of a traditional narrative. Interactive narratives, particularly story-heavy games, need to have good resolutions too, but more critical to them is a reward structure. Remember that, unlike broadcast or passive media, interactive media requires input from the audience. They need to hold the controller, click on the tablet, retweet, and otherwise get engaged. They need to be rewarded for that kind of engagement too, or else they won't have a reason to keep going. Those rewards don't have to be big, grand, or physical though. Think about how Super Mario Brothers lets somebody know they've got a 1-up or how the guitar vibrates when supercharged in Rock Band. Or how, when you're at Disney World, they pump in the smell of cookies as you walk past the main gates and into the park. Okay, so Disney has some pretty iconic, sort of recognize them anywhere scents, as many of you know. Now, some of these are pretty self-explanatory, like popcorn or roasting nuts or cotton candy. Others are actually created by Disney to trigger those memories or those thoughts or something else that will somehow affect your experience of their attraction. These are all pleasurable experiences in small ways, ephemeral, but subtly tied directly to the fun of the engagement. Super Mario is about platforming. You need extra lives to be able to play the game all the way through. Rock Band is all about mastering tracks so you can progress to more tracks. Disney World is all about reproducing the magic of childhood. This gets into what's called a gameplay loop, which we will cover on its own in due time. For now, from a story world perspective, remember that every element of your work has to tie into the fun of your world, even in small ways. That's what keeps people coming back, even when facing off against an overpowered boss or taking on a particularly difficult chord progression or sweating in the heat and humidity of the Florida sun. The engagement is fulfilling. To help showcase the ways you can build such reward structures into your own work, let's take a look at a particularly popular media franchise. It had its innovations at birth, and the controversy surrounding it in the 90s brought widespread attention to its story world, but it is now but one of a long list of fighting games that populate the market. How does it manage to retain its fan base then? What is so special about... Ed Boon and John Tobias developed the first Mortal Kombat title under a dictum from Midway Games, create a fighting game in under a year. With a million dollars and a small team, they set out to craft a unique title that would be differentiated from the wildly popular Street Fighter II arcade cabinet. There was a lot of innovation in that first game, from video digitized characters, a steady learning curve to special moves, and unique character design, among much else. The developers tied this all into a story world of chop weirdness that embraced the aesthetic of poorly dubbed late-night public-access kung fu films. Like those films, they didn't shy away from violence. The creatives went over the top, embracing blood, gore, and guts in a narrative centered around a tournament with mortal stakes. Your brother's soul is mine. (laughs) You will be next. 
Some of this was told in brief character bios, but most was implied through the visuals. This was an arcade game. Story was secondary. The narrative proper would be told in the comic books, adventure game spin-offs, television shows, card games, live events, and a series of films. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. What was important for the arcade games was a fulfilling experience. Tobias Boone and their team thus had to make sure every element of their design felt cohesive. The story world was one of darkness and gore, designed to separate players from their quarters, and amped up even more when there was direct competition between gamers. How could such a game possibly be aspirational? Oh, let me count the ways. First up, there are all the small bits of satisfaction, the grunts and groans when an attack lands. The satisfaction of landing a small combo. Excellent. The element of choice of character to suit a gamer's playstyle, along with snide commentary at the end of a match. I could go on and on and on here, but the point has been made. Mortal Kombat used multiple sensory events to highlight victory and reward the gamer. The visuals, feel of the controls, and sounds associated with the title all added up to a fun experience on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. You're going to need to have such moment-by-moment -moment fulfillment in your own work. If you're taking part in the prompts, I want you to take out your interactive experience. Write down a sentence about the fun of it, and another sentence about the story world. Give yourself space under those two lines, because I then want you to write down four small rewards that are tied to each of these sentences. They can be anything, so long as they're not too complex. These are more like fun-sized mini-rewards that will recur in your experience multiple times. Finally, beside each of those mini-words, I want you to write down to which human sense it corresponds. Is it a visual reward? Is it auditory? Is it a pleasing smell? A unique flavor? gratifying haptic feedback, or that it feels good. You need at least two senses in order to give your experience a broad range of feedback, and preferably three or more. Consider how a night at a cocktail bar begins with a password at the front door, which leads to a pleasing environment to look at as you walk in, a stroll past numerous interesting-looking and smelling plates as you go to your seat, which is a comfy leather chair in the back corner. The conversation is flowing without being too loud, the temperature is perfect, the menu has all kinds of intriguing options. All of this is a pleasant experience before the ultimate reward of getting the cocktail that speaks to your specific desire in that very moment. The recipe for a perfect cocktail is always the same. Craftsmanship, the best ingredients, the people, those making them, and those drinking them. The whole experience. That's what you're going to want with your interactive experience. Take some time to think about this stuff. Write it down, pause if you need more time, and then begin again. Small rewards are grand, but people don't come to your interactive media for small things. They want a grand experience. Small rewards are like the AC in a car. You don't buy a car for the air conditioning, but without it, the experience is less fulfilling. People instead buy cars because they want safety, speed, flashy looks, and all of those big things. I think heroic deeds were all conceived in the open air. I think whatever I shall meet on the road, I shall like. And whoever beholds me shall like me. I think whoever I see must be happy. These are the big rewards for your interactive experience. Defeating a gigantic boss. Cal Kestis. How predictable. Tell me, where did he hide the holocron? 
we're finally getting onto that ride after an hour-long wait. Get the barf bag ready. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we're counting down our picks for the top 10 scariest theme park rides. Or seeing Gordon Ramsay lay into some poor schmuck who had the audacity to give him frozen food. Overcooked on the bottom, crispy as and it looks like Gandhi's flip-flop. What a shame! For Mortal Kombat, those rewards are the victories in the game, and everything that helps gamers achieve those victories. There are the combos, the final uppercut, the hierarchy of opponents that the gamer climbs with each triumph. Anything and everything about dominance. Mortal Kombat is a fighting game. Its story world is about mortal stakes. Its fun is about not just defeating an opponent, but sometimes humiliating them. Bo Rachel lights a fart on fire, burning his victim to death. This certainly tied into the controversy surrounding Mortal Kombat when it came out. There have been violent video games in the past, but Mortal Kombat took it to a whole nother level and enticed young people to try and figure out all the wacky ways they could get there. That push from the game developers to slake their target demo's bloodthirst ruffled a lot of feathers. Violence and violent images permeate more and more aspects of our lives. And I think it's time to draw the line. I know that one place parents want us to draw the line is with violence in video games. But despite the implementation of a rating system, ongoing congressional grandstanding, and moralizing parent groups, Midway largely stuck to their guns with Mortal Kombat. I'm more than happy to talk about the line between fantasy and reality vis-a-vis -vis violence and media offline, but for the purposes of this podcast, the point is that Mortal Kombat's creators knew what they were creating, knew what players wanted, and continued to give it to them. It created a media empire built around exaggerated depictions of gore, mockery, and ridiculous visuals. If they had backed down, it would have been an implicit abandonment of the core fun of their gameplay, one that would have signaled a betrayal of trust in the creative vision and its audience's core desires. You're going to have to think about this in your own experience. If you're taking part in the prompts, now is the time to get to your big rewards. Do think about actual rewards if you're creating a Kickstarter, but also think about all the big stuff for which your audience has come to you. Write down your sentence of fun again, and then list at least three big rewards that you hope to offer your audience, from narrative fulfillment in a story-based video game, to branching characterization in your interactive theater piece, to maxing out a character in your MMO, to eking out a last-minute victory in your competitive game. For each of those three big rewards, I also want you to write down a potential problem that could come with it. If it's a financial reward, you can bet that somebody is going to complain about the cost, or else that it commercializes an experience that they think should be free of such considerations. If it's an emotional reward, some people will complain that you're manipulating an audience's feelings. If it has anything to do with the love-lust spectrum, you're going to deal with puritanical busybodies. Write down what you think someone might complain about in a sentence or two, and then come up with a response that stays true to your story world. If your story world is one of happiness and acceptance, a snarky reply on social media will break the narrative world you're promising your audience. On the inverse, if you're an insult comedian and are polite or kind to those who face off against you or your fans online, you might be fomenting cognitive dissonance. Make sure your awards are true to your world, your fans, and yourself. Pausing if needs be, and then starting up again when you're ready. I've been avoiding talking about one of the most popular aspects of Mortal Kombat for a reason. It's a reward, all right, but it's a reward for the victor and the loser. I'm, of course, talking about fatalities. Fatality. In the world of Mortal Kombat, when having defeated an opponent, the gamer is given the option to commit a fatality. Finish him! If that gamer knows the correct buttons to press, a particularly graphic execution appears on screen. From decapitations to disembowelments to crushing an opponent's skull, these gruesome fates were a big reason why the game caused such controversy and why it was so popular. 
It wasn't just that the fatalities spoke to the puerile interests of fans, however, but that it got players talking. I remember one time, as a young man, watching two players face off in Mortal Kombat. When the victor finally heard those famous words, he hit a bunch of seemingly random buttons that led to his character ripping the heart out of his opponent's character. Fatality. Rather than cause fury, however, his opponent laughed and said, Oh, gross. How'd you do that? What did the victor do? Teach him the move, of course. This is how classic games used to disseminate information. There was no real internet at that time, just message boards, magazines, and phone tip numbers. Players shared most of their digital education in the matters of horrific execution in the old-fashioned way. Word of mouth. This built a community and made every battle a chance to learn something new. There were secrets to the world of Mortal Kombat, ones that could be discovered with enough patience and practice. Nobody likes losing, but this is a helpful reminder that, with the right kind of effort, you can make your failure fun in some capacity. If that's the case, audiences won't mind losing nearly as much as they might otherwise. Humor is always a great way to do this, but if your world is one of horror, consider how such games as Eternal Darkness and Resident Evil, much like Mortal Kombat, play up gruesome deaths as a visual way to take the sting out of losing a bit of progress. Consider how you might make failure fun in your own world. For your final prompt, I want you to think of a fail state in your interactive experience. Your main character dies, or else your audience doesn't solve the puzzle, or else their favorite ride is broken down, or the sound goes out just as the main act hits the stage. <laughs> think of one way to turn that failure into a victory. The Blue Man Group turns latecomers into a part of the show. <laughs> You're late! You're late! <laughs> You're late. You're late. A comedian turns a heckler into a laughing stock. I did say New Jersey. You're making fun of New Jersey and you live in Tennessee. That's a glass house street now. Sorry, double wide glass house. An interactive theater piece showcases all the choices that the audience made, perhaps giving them some clue as to how they might overcome the difficulty on their next go-around. Choose how the story unfolds. By logging in with the unique passcode, audience members are seamlessly engaged as soon as the event begins and throughout the story. As one real-world example, take the case of Karl Unzen, a man born in 19th century Prussia without arms. Encouraged by his father, Herr Unten took up playing the violin with his feet, which led to a virtuoso career that took him around the world to perform for royalty and ordinary audiences alike. At one particular performance, the strings snapped on Unten's violin. A hush fell upon the crowd, but Unten simply used his feet to replace the string and continue on with the performance. It was such a sight of skill that the audience was mesmerized, so much so that Unten would, later in his life, purposely sabotage a string every once in a while to replicate that moment and its majesty. I'm not saying you should sabotage your show in order to jump back in and save the day. In fact, it's not even mandatory. Many interactive campaigns get by just fine without having a failure state that is fun. Do consider if you can make it work so that agents can snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. If you can think about how your world can still be fun in the face of failure, you'll have done a tremendous amount of work to make sure that people want to engage, regardless of their progress. That's all the time we have for this episode, however. If you've been following along, you'll have thought about three different forms of rewards. Small, large, and finding the fun and failure. Moreover, if you've been keeping track from the very beginning of this arc, you'll have built a foundation for an entire story world in your interactive structure. Our next episode is going to collect all those prompts from that arc, so you can take part from the beginning to the end whenever you'd like. 
make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out. You can find Building a Better Story World on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, or any fine podcatcher, as well as babsw.buzzsprout.com. I can't wait to hear what interactive stories you've come up with. So follow me at Words of Steel or at Building a BSW on Twitter for more content. See you across the digital transom. Building a Better Story World is written, produced, recorded, and sound engineered by Steel Tyler Filipek. The theme song, Asia, is by Ilya Marfin via icons8.com. All narrative clips are used under the Fair Use Doctrine, as defined by Title 17 of the United States Code, subsection 107, in that they are used for nonprofit educational work for the purpose of analysis, have been transformed from their initial records by audio engineering for podcasting, and are not substantive of the entire work or function as a direct market substitute. Audio effects are provided by freesound.org under the Creative Commons license. If you feel that this production has unfairly used a piece of audio to which you own the rights, please contact helmstarmedia at gmail.com.